Sox. Go, 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 go. Let's go, 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 White Sox. Chicago is proud of you. This is White Sox Weekly. Chicago Baseball Conversation on the new flagship home of the Sox, 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly on the air at the Power Booth tonight. Andy Mazur, Dave Zaslowski sitting right next to me in Booth 6. I feel very privileged to be next to both of them right now as I'm actually doing this radio show perhaps this moment for the two of them. Uh, Just to give you guys some love. To know that you guys were having a conversation that you would let me do the show here is, is very is very nice of you. Big show today, team. We've got Ozzie Guillen coming up here in about five, six minutes. And uh, Ricky Renteria is going to be on White Sox Weekly. And also, as I look out at the field right now, that indeed is netting all the way down to the foul poles, as everybody knows that's going on. But uh, Brooks Boyer, Senior Vice President Sales and Marketing, will be in the booth with me at some point between now and 5.30 to discuss uh, putting up the netting and what the response has been so far. Uh, I think it looks exactly how you expect it to look. Uh, if you're sitting in the front row, maybe you know you don't feel as free as you once felt sitting in that same seat a couple of weeks ago, but you also are a lot more safe. And if you're bringing kids to the game and you want to say, we're going to sit in the front row, and then you want to have, you know, I don't know, text your friend, your family member while you're sitting with your kids, you can actually do that now because uh, the netting has put up and it's a whole lot safer at guaranteed rate field. White Sox and the Twins coming up tonight and. As we know, it has been rough for the Sox as of late. They've uh, dropped their last four. Last night, the Twins, a 6-2 win. Pineda over Dylan Cease. Uh, and Dylan, same deal. Uh, fourth start, and he's given up the big inning, and then he's riding the ship. So uh, early going. Let's not freak out that uh, Dylan Cease is not crushing it every time out. You can clearly see the stuff is there. And uh, last night, you know, look, the Minnesota Twins are the only team in all of baseball that have hit 200-plus home runs. They did that. They hit their 200th last night. This has uh, been the best team in the division all season long, and uh, give them credit. Minnesota's had a phenomenal, phenomenal season. Ivan Nova starts tonight. Martin Perez uh, for the Twins. 6-10 is the first pitch tonight. Andy Mazur will have your pregame show at 5.35. So, one thing from earlier in the week. It is Sox Serve Week, and Tim Anderson and his wife Bria were supposed to go over to Inglewood as they were rehabbing the house of a 91-year-old Korean War veteran. Uh, And so Tim, of course, could not do that. He was on a rehab assignment, so the White Sox said, Ricky Renteria, would you mind stepping in for Timmy? And, of course, Ricky was more than willing to do that. And I went out there myself just to see what was going on uh, and how the White Sox were supporting the community. And here we're in a street, uh, you know, in Inglewood, abandoned building to your left, abandoned building to your right, and here we have a 91-year-old gentleman who served this country whose family is coming in this town uh, in this weekend. And we've got Ricky Renteria and Daryl Boston on the back deck painting the fence, staining the fence, and the White Sox out there with donuts and coffee and T-shirts and jerseys. And it was just an awesome, awesome scene. And so Ricky will be on the show today to talk about that some. Uh, And I, I just thought that this was the epitome of what 
Chicago professional sports franchises should be doing, can be doing, and are doing. And the White Sox were out there this week. So uh, I'll discuss a little bit with that with Ricky and also, of course, uh, what's going on on the field uh, with the team right now. And I know it's, it's you know, listen, it's been frustrating after the All-Star break. You, you got to... Uh, you're a 500 ball club for most of the year, and the White Sox now sitting there at 45 and 56. And I know that people weren't necessarily thinking that this was going to be uh, the year, but there was some hope that uh, the Sox would hang around here in the second half. And right now, it's just uh, they're missing some guys. There's no no way around it. Tim Anderson has been missed. Aloy Jimenez has been missed. Good news on that. I'm watching BP today. Aloy Jimenez hit about. I don't know, five balls that I don't think have landed yet headed towards the Dan Ryan, just crushing. So he's got to be coming back fairly soon. And Timmy had a couple of knocks at AAA rehabbing. First time on the same team with Luis Robert, who uh, has been holding his own at AAA as he's done all season long. Let's take our first quick time out here as we'll come on back and uh, start our conversation with Ozzy Guillen who clearly wants to be back in baseball. We'll talk to Ozzy coming up in about four minutes here. The White Sox take on the Oakland A's on Friday, August the 9th. That's a 2-10 first pitch. Be sure to stick around for the post-game viewing of the movie Field of Dreams. How sweet is that? It's brought to you by Securian Financial, who can help you make every moment count. Find out more at Securian.com. For tickets, you can visit WhiteSox.com today. Ozzy again coming on up here, 720 WGN. It is White Sox Weekly. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. Hope you're having a great Saturday. It's warm out there. Wear sunscreen, especially if you're coming to the ballpark. If you're wondering, it is true. I did win my tennis match this morning, 6-4-6-1. I know Dave Zaslowski was curious about that. Uh, okay, let's move along here. Uh, we're going to talk to Ozzy in a second. Head to the park, Ozzy, as in Ozzy Guillen, your World Series winning manager for the Chicago White Sox back in 2005. Hey, head to the park for dollar hot dogs every Wednesday home game this season. You can take advantage of this unbeatable deal on Wednesday, July 31st, as the Sox take on the Mets. That's a 7-10 first pitch. It's brought to you by Securian Financial, who can help you make every moment count. Find out more at securian.com for tickets visit whitesox.com slash dollar dogs today just got handed the lineup here for tonight if you're curious Leury is leading off in left field Yohan Moncada at third Jose Abreu batting third at first base James McCann is catching in the cleanup hole Wellington Castillo is your DH batting fifth Jose Rondon playing short hitting sixth Yolmer is at second base hitting seventh Adam Engel in center field. Big home run for Adam Engel last night. Worked a count to three and two and took it out of the ballpark. I was impressed by that. And watching Adam, by the way, in BP today, he's shooting the first ball that he sees to left. He takes the next one to center, and then he's in the next one to right, and then he's going back through it again. I'm not sure he could do that uh, when the season started. It was, he's uh, had a nice start coming on back here to the team, hitting 260, a couple of homers and eight RBIs. And your nine-hitter tonight is Ryan Cordell playing right field. Ivan Nova starting 5-9 and nine with a 5.49. Let's bring in our friend Ozzy Guillen, your Chicago White Sox, 16 years in the big leagues. And, of course, a manager with the Sox and the Miami Marlins, or who were then the Florida Marlins at that point. Uh, okay, 
Let's, uh, Ozzy, uh, you, it's just interesting to me as we look back on your career, you were 140 pounds when you were getting drafted to play professional baseball. How does a guy that, that looks like you did go on to have a 16-year career in the big leagues? I never thought I was going to be a big league guy. You know, I just went out and played, and I just want to get out of my country and, and then try and be somebody. I know, uh, you know, my education and what the education people Hope to, and you know, I me mean, God gave me the opportunity to be to come to the United States, and you know, back then it was harder. Back then it was very hard to to play in in, in in United States. Right now, I think it's easier. Uh, in the past, it was one scout for thirty kids. Nowadays, it's thirty, you know, thirty scout for one kid, and that's that's uh, the way. You know, before they give you, they, they, they you want to sign, they give you thank you, and you was pretty shit now. They give you millions and millions of dollars to come back to come here and play, but uh, you know I me, mean? I, I got lucky to stay healthy. I got lucky. My first year in, in, in pro ball played pretty well. My second year, lead the league in hitting and stuff. But I think I started caring about the game for real. Was in the double A, triple A when I got married, and my my first child born in triple A. Then you know I, mean? I have responsibility, and then I start try. You know, then I start be more uh, into to the game and more responsible, you know, have more responsibility in my life for the game. How old were you when you got married? I was married. I was 19. 19? 19 years old. <laughs> you felt ready, huh? Or or did she kind of say, hey, are you going to marry me or not? No, you know I mean? The, oh, well, the reason we got married, you know I mean? Obviously, you were still married. To be married, you had to be in love. You had to respect. You had to, to deal with so many difficulties and a lot of happiness and different type of life. Baseball is not an easy life to be a wife. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I think the worst thing about be uh, being baseball, be a wife and be a son or daughter. That's the worst thing ever. Because really your parents and your dad is never there for you. And, you know, your husband, you're never there for her in the big days, special days. Uh, that's people don't realize that. Yeah. How hard it is to be in the game, people. Every time you play baseball, people think about how much how much money you make and how famous you are and what this and what that. But they never take the real life. Be honest with you, we never live the real life. That like everybody, and and all you know, I never changed my life. I never will. And meanwhile, it's a lot of missing stuff out there. You 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 know, and you were you hear the speech and everybody in the Hall of Fame speech. They all say the same stuff. You know, thank you to my wife because of dealing with my kids. Thank you to my kids to be, you know, what I mean to support. I know I wasn't there for a lot of things. That's it. Was you know, what I mean, then I started playing to play. And I was a junior, uh, born when I was in prayer. Then I had to say I had to to be the, the, the who I am right now. You always had your your kids around. You you actually had to fire uh, one of your kids. I mean, so you you kept them around the team. Would you do that any differently <laughs> if you had to do it again? With my kids? Yeah. Nope. They are my kids. They are my blood. And that's the only thing I really have. Uh, everything else uh, is part of life. But, you know I me, mean, I think my kids, myself, my grandkids now, my wife, we're all together. We've been together for, for the good and the bad of life. And one thing about it, you know I me, mean, baseball. You know, everything goes through life. It's go by, and sometimes you're famous, sometimes you don't, sometimes they miss you, sometimes they don't, you know what I mean? But family is going to be there forever. 
And then we have, you know, we watch five now with six. Uh, we're together for everything, and we now we help each other. You know, we we're so close to each other. Sometimes, sometimes I worry. About, you know, I mean, something happened to them or something. But in the meanwhile, thank God my wife raised a good kids. Now I don't think they was uh, perfect kids. But I'll be honest with you, any father wish they have kids like mine. I don't have, you know, the headaches I have. It was very small headaches, and the thing I had to worry about it, it wasn't. Something. Uh, by the way, I learned from my kids a lot, and it's a family. As a family, I, 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 I'm very happy the way we grow up, the way we stick together, the way we worry about each other, day in and day out. Uh, we care about each other, and we we always be like that. What's one thing uh, that comes to mind that you learn from your kids? I learn from my kids is life is not easy. It's not easy to be out against kids. Yeah. Sometimes that help to be my kids, sometimes not. And uh, it's always going to compare them with me in baseball or in the field or off the field. And you know what I mean, I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? My, my kids, they all went to school. I never went. Uh, their English is a lot better. <laughs> my English is not. Uh, they got to raise better kids than me because they're prepared for that. They have a good good school. They, they, they see his mother raise them. And I think they, they got a lot of advantage on me. And I think they're going to be in life. They should be better than me. You you weren't going to school as a kid or you weren't you just weren't getting the, the quality education that your kids got? Big difference. Uh, either way, I, I was lazy. I don't have money. And I went to sixth grade. Wow. Some people don't understand. Wow, a guy with sixth grade went and managed the big league club working on TV. I speak very broken English, but people understand what I'm saying. I, 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 you know, I mean, my life's been so good with the education and where I come from. It's funny. Life is funny. People, I don't know why they judge me when they don't know me. You know I me, mean, I pay my taxes. I never, I never had drink and drive. I never beat my wife. My kid always to school. You know, I think in the balance in my life, you put my life in the balance. My 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 life is so positive, so good. And some people misunderstand or don't like the way I am or what I do or what I say. But um, if you close your eyes and look all my coats and you see my coats and, and you say, like, wow, this is, you know, me. I'm, not gonna, I'm just being honest. I learned that from my kids too. My kid told me, be honest in this country. People think, oh, just be honest, just be honest. But when you're really honest, you get in trouble, then, then you don't know exactly, exactly uh, confuse a lot of people. When I get to the, to the, I told my kids, I just be, just be honest. Now I told my kids, just be honest and be careful. So, so because some people like to hear what they want to hear. They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear what you think. Uh, people disagree with, with your mentality. Sometimes they don't, they say they respect what you think. They don't. It's a different, different life, different way it is right now. It, it's interesting because you, you're saying being honest, and you were always a, a player's coach, and you always respected your guys. But sometimes you got to tell them stuff that they don't want to hear. I mean, how did you, I guess, establish that relationship that you could tell a guy perhaps something that he didn't want to hear, but that would, but it would help him. But well, every time I want to say something to the players, it's like I go to show my kid. They know I'm not going to lie. They know I'm not going to. Uh... They know I'm being honest, and whatever I say is going to be the best for him, not the best for me or the organization. 
and without managing people, uh, they know that. And I'm not just saying that just to say it. They know, and I show them. You know, you talk to them. They show you. You show them who you are and what you do, and and you move on. You know, what I mean, just uh, the respect. You have to have a lot of respect for the, for the player. Is the player? No, it's the best of players, man. And that's why I think uh, I got more friends uh, with my ball club than anything else. You know I mean, uh, you know, obviously I got people that hate me. I hate him bad. That's nothing wrong with that. I don't like them. They don't like me. That's part of the game. But I think that great percent of the player I manage to do, they're good friends of mine. Continue our conversation with uh, the great Ozzy Guillen coming up here after a quick timeout. Uh, you just got to love the honesty that we're getting from Ozzy right now. Let's, uh, let's take a real quick timeout here and then come up at 4 o'clock. We'll continue with uh, Ozzy Guillen, who was nice enough to join us here on White Sox Weekly. There's no better way to catch the second half of the season than with a summer voucher pack. You get 10 tickets to any game of your choosing at Guaranteed Right Field, and you can use them in any combination. So you can watch your socks your way. And for more information, visit whitesocks.com slash voucher. More with Ozzie Guillen coming up next on White Sox Weekly 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly 720 WGN. My name is Mark Carmen. About to talk to Andy Mazur and get some intel on what's coming up in the pregame show and Andy sat down with Ronaldo Lopez this week we're going to play that conversation coming up as well hey Sox fans don't miss out on your chance to dine with your favorite White Sox Hall of Famers at lunch with the Sox on Monday August 12th it's the day after my birthday I'd love an invite the event consists of a seated luncheon along with a moderated panel featuring Harold Baines Carlton Fisk Tony La Russa Tim Raines Frank Thomas Jim Tomei for tickets and more information, visit whitesocks.com slash lunch. Andy Mazur, what's going on? Carm, how are you today? Good to see you, sir. So tell me about uh, what we're going to hear with this conversation with Ronaldo Lopez. You know, uh, it, it was fun to talk to him. He's a, he's a great kid. And uh, I, I like the fact, and I asked him about the fact that he you know made this sweeping proclamation that he was going to be better in the second half. And he's actually backing it up, which is really kind of interesting because a lot of guys will go out and say, yeah, I'm going to be much better in the second half and then go out and lay an egg. Uh, he has not laid an egg. He has gone out there and, and showed what he was a little bit of last year and maybe even a little bit better uh, to me with the fact that he's throwing the fastball a lot more. Yeah, before the break, he was talking about, uh, you know, he had his, whatever his last start was, didn't go well, yeah. he gets in the dugout, he's talking to some of the veterans, he gets a tip, and he, and, and he said that, I, I got it now. And it's come out like that's all it took, which is pretty yeah. kind of amazing. You know, it's interesting because I asked him if it was if it was as simple as you know just resetting first of all, because I think the break came at a really good time for him, or if it was something uh, that he was doing repertoire wise and using the fastball more. And he basically said something, and you'll hear more about that in the interview. Uh, basically, simplification of a lot of things and just not thinking as much about um, you know mechanics necessarily but just kind of throwing and just kind of letting it loose and just being free and easy. You hit the ball. You, you catch the ball. You pitch the ball. Oh, is that Field of Dreams? That would be Bull Durham. That's Bull Durham. Yeah. Because if you lollygag, you're a lollygagger. Okay. I don't know why I even said Field of Dreams. I was debating whether it was a league of their own or yeah. Bull Durham. Yeah, right? it's Bull Durham. I love a league of their own. Who did I, I? Who was I just listening to as a baseball announcer saying that their favorite movie was a league of their own? What's your favorite baseball movie? Side side move here on White Sox Weekly. Andy Mazur's uh, favorite baseball movie. Pressure on. You know, I I kind of go between uh, the, like the Bull Durham and also, you know, I, I get a lot of I like a lot of grief for this one, but I, I love the Sandlot. 
I, you get a lot of grief for that. I, feel I like do I'm, because I'm, it doesn't seem like people really think that that it's a baseball movie, but I think it's a baseball movie. It's most definitely a baseball movie. It reminds me so much of my childhood. Just you know, everybody we go, we we you know try to go in the back of the uh, the grocery store and uh, collect uh, unused or used cans, you know, to bring them into the uh, grocery store to get some money to go to the drugstore to buy a rubber ball to play fast pitch against the wall at the school. It's the greatest. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it just kind of brings me back a little bit. That was line ball, as we called it. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, a, little soap, uh, a little soap strike zone on the wall. Right, yeah. right, right. Good old Brayside back in the day. Mm-hmm. And those balls lasted for about, oh, I don't know, five good connections, and then he split in half. But- yeah, and the worst part was, you know, we, would, we had one guy that in, my, in my group that would always hit the ball on the stinking roof of the, of the, the school. And he'd try to go up there and get it, and we'd be like, "No, no, don't, don't be doing that." And he would, you know, try to shimmy the drain pipe up there and try to get the, try to get to the ball. At Ravinia School back in the day, we did have the Sandlot thing where there was this mansion of a house across the street from the school, and they had a gate and all sorts of fencing. If you hit it in there, there was, I think, a Doberman or mm-hmm. some really mean animal that you literally had to debate: Am I going to do it or am I not going to do it? The and beast, I, and I could get killed. Yeah. So Hercules, the beast. I, I never got many of those balls. I think I might have gone in there once just to. I'm just impressed that you were able to hit one there. I was impressed too, man. Okay. And I didn't hit many there. John Gersting, though, he could. <laughs> he, he had he had the Ron Kittle swing back ah, in '83. Okay. Gotcha. He, he would he'd golf it out of there. All right. Uh, good to see you, Andy. Good to see you too. Pre-game at five thirty-five, and we will continue with Ozzy Gian coming up after four o'clock. News in two minutes on seven twenty WGN. At the wall, a 380, gone. A three-run homer for Tim Anderson. 3-1 White Sox. Back to White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly, indeed. 720 WGN with you till 530. Andy Mazur will be along with pregame at that point. Sox and the Twins coming up. 6-10 first pitch tonight. Ivan Nova on the mound. We're in the middle of a conversation with Ozzy Guillen, the former White Sox manager. Uh, let's talk about Ozzy's relationship with White Sox fans. Uh, Ozzy, do you feel respected uh, by the fans when you're walking around the ballpark these days? I, kn- I know uh, a lot of people you're, are, have reactions to you on TV and, and when you were in the dugout. How do you feel towards uh, the reaction you're getting from White Sox fans? Well, when I was player, you know, sometimes players, you know, media and fans, they, they don't like you because what you do or you lose a game or you manage them, they never going to like you. Uh, because you, you will, you, they put you in the process, you're going to make a mistake or something happened on the field. People, some people are going to be upset. Some people are going to be sad. Some people will be pissed. Some people are going to be happy. At least you're not winning. At least you're not winning. You're going to be, you're always going to be second guess. And I uh, tell you, me, right now in Chicago, everybody loves me. Everyone. And I told people say, yeah, because I'm not the manager. The guys love me. I make fun of them. But hey, when you're managing, you gotta have a thick or GM. You gotta have a thick, very thick uh, skin. It's, it's, especially in Chicago, it's not. You're not gonna make it. You're not gonna make it. You know, I mean, Chicago is very. I don't say tough. Very. They 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 push you to the to the limit to be better. And the one reason I want to be better is to show people how good I was or how good I am. And that's why that they, you know, I mean, I love to be. Been pushing every day and been guessing me every day and ask questions every day just because I, and when you, the negativity, it made me better. I, I, I took to be better every day. You know what I mean? When I, when I signed professional baseball, I was 120 pounds. Nobody saw I got to make it to the big league. I played so many years in the big league. When I was coaching, oh, he coached me because the Marlins is 
bad team. And then whatever we win the championship. When I'm managing, this is a PR department, this is marketing. We went to the World Series and have, I think, I think I got a great success. It's a manager. When I got married, I will get divorced in two weeks. I still marry. You know, I mean, why I kids? So the kids will be the dumbers and they will do whatever they want because his father is crazy. I got my kids all went to school, very good life. Then, you know, I mean, I like to prove people wrong. I like, I love to prove, uh, uh, prove people they're, they're, they're wrong while they think about me. It's a it's a beautiful thing. It's it sounds like you had to learn that over time, Ozzy. Like it had to it, you know coming to the big leagues. Maybe things didn't bounce off you as well as it did by the time you were you're managing. Uh, is is that fair? Well, you know what? Yes, you know, especially where you come from. I come from I mean, out of nowhere and learn English. You come to a different country, come to different ah uh, law, different thing in your life and change your life completely to survive in different country. It's not easy. You know, the biggest compliment I got in the last couple of years, man, I went to Hall of Fame to see Harold Baines. And every player, I say hi, they hug me. Every player, even the big unit. I thought big unit <laughs> hated me when we play against each other. And he hugged me and said, when are you going to come back in the game? When are you going to come back in the game? Wade Box, you know, Gene Rice. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Oh, well, I'm not cheaper than models or grabbing that play with him. But, you know, I mean, guys like I play against them, they ask me, you need, we need you in the game. They need the game. They need you. Then I was 25. But in the meanwhile, I almost started crying uh, because I was going to like, God, if these people know the game, they want me back. Why do people, you know, I mean, the people have the power? They don't. And, you know, I mean, Danny Eskley, even, you know, I mean, last night, yesterday, I see Gene Leland. Gene Leland, so Gene Leland here in New York, the first question he asked me, when you going to go back in the game? I said, well, my door is open. Then, I don't know their stories. The, the people's stories, they are open yet. For you to go back, would you have to manage or would you take a coaching job? Uh, it depends. It depends. Uh, coaching job has to be in Chicago. Okay. I don't say it has to be. It better be in Chicago because my family, all my family is there. You know what I mean? Coaches are not easy. Uh, coaches are very demand the job. Not because I'm better than all the coaches. I did it. I never, I never feel that way because I there's a lot of coaches out there. They, they're awesome. But, uh, you know what I mean? It's just a lot of work. And sometimes when the thing don't work the right way, it's coach's fault. It's never the player's fault. Never. It never will. I play the game. And I can't say that because I play the game. I can't, I don't say that because I finished my career as a manager. No, I play the game. When the players don't play good, the manager gets fired. When the players don't hit good, the team coach gets fired. Well, some places, some other places don't, but the, the, the pitcher not good. The, you know what I mean? They don't fight the, the players. They fight the, the guys they work with them. And that's the way it was. That's the way it is. And that's the way it's going to be. As you can't know how to change that. Believe me. I'm just thinking back to when Jerry and Kenny hired you. They, they knew that if they're hiring Ozzy, he's going to stay, say stuff. And they might not like it at that moment, but they're, you're getting the whole package. It's part of you. It's why you're so good at your job. But maybe it's holding you back. I guess other people are, well, we can't take that on. We can't handle them. I, I don't get that, but do you think that's the main thing that's in front of you? Because, hey, look, you, you won a World Series here. You, the players loved you. The only thing that I could think that's in your way is people like, well, I, I don't think our organization can handle Ozzy. Well, that was in the past. I'm, I'm, I'm different Ozzy now. And I got to say, you know me, I'm changing on the field, but I know how the thing works now. You know, before I was, what, 40-something years old? Right. Managing a good group of guys, managing the team. 
a really, a really, a really pretty tough organization, pretty tough city. We, we the fans hungry to win. And, and it's not what easy for me. I was managing, look at the thing I was managing, very controversial player, very tough guys. Now then, it's up to me, it's managing is easier now. Managing is so easy now. You just, you just gotta do that easy on the field. It's always been like that, but on the field, you know what I mean? You listen to the people, you, you go with the, with the flow. And you want to say what you like, what you not. Before, it was back and forth, back and forth. From office manager, manager from office, from office player manager. You know, it was like that. Now, it's a different game. Now, it's a different game. Well, a lot of these organizations now, Ozzy, it seems like they have all the numbers. And they say, look, the lineup tonight should be this because this guy hits this against a lefty and this guy's great in these wind conditions or whatever data they have. I mean, would you sign up to be on board where, like, the you're getting the lineup from the front office? To, to me, like, if I'm a manager, I wouldn't want that. But it seems like that's going on in the game all over the place. Well, you know me. I don't know because I never, I never did it before. Uh, I think Kenny Williams, I had all respect, and Jerry, and I think the, one of the biggest problems I had with the Marlins was kind of there because then we don't have the numbers out of it. Numbers have been numbers for a long time. If you talk about numbers, why Joe Cora no manager in the big league? What's the reason? He's the best prepared coach in baseball, and he don't have a job in, in managing. His brother does. But he just, if you give me a good numbers, I think we, well, I will listen. Yes, I will listen. I will agree. Yes, I will agree. I will disagree. Yes, I will disagree. But it's not fair. It's not fair that you give me a, the, you give me a lineup and a plan, then when you lose, you're going to blame me. <laughs> that makes sense. That's not fair. Right. Because if I go to the job and say, listen, I don't be managing, but the lineup be made by somebody. Well, when you want to talk to me about the lineup or about the team, you better talk to the guy and make the lineup. That's, to me, that's fair. Continue our conversation with uh, Ozzy Guillen coming up after a real quick timeout here. Right? If I'm the manager, you tell me this is the lineup, and then those guys don't perform, you're going to put it back on me. But that does it is going on in, in baseball right now. Hey, Sox fans, don't miss out on your chance to dine with your favorite White Sox Hall of Famers at lunch with the Sox on Monday, August 12th. I've already read this one. I'm sorry. Let me do this again. Actually, I'll just continue because if you're just joining us, you should know this. The event consists of a seated luncheon along with a moderated panel fe- featuring Harold Baines, Carlton Fisk, Tony La Russa, Tim Raines, Frank Thomas, and Jim Tomei. For tickets and more information, visit whitesox.com slash lunch. The Ozzie Guillen interview sponsored by Mazda of Orland Park and ZoomZoomNation.com where they're always trying to make your car shopping fun. More with number 13 coming up back here, 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. One more segment here with Ozzie Gann in a second. So the White Sox have lost their last four, 12 of their last 15, and 14 of their last 18. Before that, this was a 500 club all season long. So as we bring Ozzie back in here, uh, Ozzy, what were you most impressed with with the team so far this season? And you know, what are you, what are you liking? What you're seeing on the field, and and where do you think the Sox uh, need to be? Can be better. McCain, McCain, because McCain he signed with the White Sox just to be a backup catcher. Hopefully, he can be a backup catcher. Hopefully, and all the sudden, this kid, little by little, little by little, starts sneaking in the lineup, sneaking in the lineup. Look at look, look at what he was or what he is right now. You talk about Moncada. We expect that from Moncada. We expect that from Moncada saying Moncada was out of Cuba. Jolito, we expect that from Jolito because Jolito was a first-round pitch. 
and Violito to me got one of the best stuff in the game. Uh, you know, Anderson, he should be better. I don't think he's, he's, he, picked, he got the pick yet to be what he is. But then to me, definitely, there's no doubt in my mind, McCann is, is just, he's just doing what he did and that's the biggest surprise and great surprise for the White Sox. Can you imagine White Sox where McCann? Oh my God. Disaster. They don't have a catcher. And to me, catcher is one of the more important things in the game. So you think he deserves a ton of credit for not just uh, handling, you know, whatever, how he's doing at the plate, but also the way he's helped Giolito transform himself? Well, I think Giolito transformed himself. Okay. McKinney was behind the plane calling what, 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 well, we got to give McKinney a credit for Giolito. How about my, uh, give credit to oh, the rest of the pitching staff? It's not good. Yeah. You know, you know, if, if this guy is good with one guy, what happened with the next 14, 15 guys? You know what I mean? That's, we would have put him, give him a credit for that. We got, you know what I mean? Think about it, what happened to the rest of, uh, you know, if the, if, if the pitching staff was, Three, 3.1 ERA? Oh, God. Wow. Out of all my camp, but we almost six, seven, six. Yeah. It's interesting that you, you think that Tim can be better. Where, where do you see uh, the next level for Tim Anderson? I worry about his injury a lot because I don't know how he's going to come back. He's a tremendous athlete. He want to be good. He show people he want to be the best of the game in that position. To me, that's enough. He trying. Uh, he's a great offensively player. This defensively got a little bit better. A little bit, guys, not a lot, like we're saying. Wow, look at this, look at that. No. He's getting better. Comparing from last year, thousand percent better. But he needs a long way to go. But I think to me, it's going to be good, pretty good, excited player to see because this kid's a great athlete. Uh, he sometimes he do something I'm not great or I don't like, but just because I don't like it, you know how to do it or you know how to deal with do you like the way he's showing enthusiasm for the game the one thing is enthusiasm one thing is to be uh i'll respect the game and sometimes this is the new era the new way to play the game i grew up different era sometimes do stuff like i put in the play like well if that play against me or play with me in my time this will be happy but now nowadays that thing is cool and i have to respect that yeah Hey, I, I talked to, to Hawk last week, Ozzy, and uh, he wants the, the PED guys in the Hall of Fame, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Sammy. Uh, that's, uh, who we were, that's where the conversation started because he got traded for Harold. How do you feel about that? Uh, very tough. If I was, uh, if I was saying, they, you know, I think the numbers out there, they're playing in the era. A lot of people was on it. And, you know I mean? Numbers are numbers. Well, why, why people is, is, is in there either? I mean, I don't know if they should be there or not. That's, uh, that's a very sensitive subject for players and Hall of Famers. And it's, it's hard for me to, to say yes or no because I'm not part of that. But in that era, everybody, you know, a lot of people was on it. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, but sooner or later, next five, seven, ten years, Hall of Fame going to have people there like, I win 215 games in Hall of Fame, and all the song all time ago. Say, wait a minute, I, I win 260 games. I'm not in. Oh, I, I got the guy hit, you know, me so many home runs, 250 home runs in Hall of Fame. Some guy hit 300 home runs. They're not in Hall of Fame. 
so many, it's going to be hard for the next 10 years, 10, 20 years for the Hall of Fame to pick players. What was it like for you seeing Harold go in? Best thing in, in, in my particular life. I mean, it was outstanding. It was so proud. My one, the guys I consider one of my best friends in the game. Be there, nothing better than that. Nothing, nothing at all better than that to see one of your best friends have success in his life. How did you get to know Harold when he doesn't speak or <laughs> speaks so little? I, I do. I do it for him. <laughs> that's all you need. I do it for him, and you check his head, and uh, uh, that's why. That's why me and him would get along with very well. Okay. As Ronaldo Lopez turned the corner, as we wrap up here, Lopez he, he stepped it up the way I thought he was going to step it up last three games. He turned the corner. I think Lopez come from be a thrower to be a pitcher to be a pitcher doesn't work. Now it started to throw the ball better now. Yeah. All right, last one. The 10th anniversary for Mark Burley's no-hitter. And a story's coming out where you're in the dugout and you decide to put Dwayne Wise in and Joey Cora's telling you, no, this dude's got a, uh, a perfect game going. Can you, can you relay that story, Ozzy? Well, no, you don't mean, you know, first of all, I'm not getting paid to uh, Mark Burley throw a perfect game. I'm getting paid to win games. And, and the reason I put people on the field is just because I got the best guys on the field to 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 win games. And uh, you know, I know we like to do that happen. And all of a sudden, uh, that happens. I'm glad, but you know, I mean, I put ways there because it's hard to be on the field for that. Not for that moment, just to make the play. Then uh, you know, I mean, my job, my job is to put, put the other guy to win game, not to 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 catch for a perfect game. Joey thought you were wrong. He thought you were nuts. What are you doing, Skip? They always do. You know, people, people always second guess me as a manager. The bad thing about it, I was a great manager. I've always said it. I don't. I, and maybe you won't give yourself the credit, but the '05 White Sox. I don't think they win the World Series without you, Ozzy Gein. Would you agree? No. Nope. You wouldn't. Nope. I help. Yes, I help. Yes. I think we don't win the World Series without everything come from all the way from the front office to the owners, all the way down to the last player to help us. Organization, and you know, I mean, that's that's uh, I'm not going to take any credit because I didn't pay to win. I think I did a good thing, a bad thing to to get there. But the one guy to feel more proud to win the World Series, it was me. Do you, do you have any favorite memorabilia from that that you you look at every now and then? You know, the only good memory I have, I collect a bunch of friends in my life. That's it. I collect a lot of great, great, great people in my life, a bunch of friends, and I give Jerry Rogers or something. He might, he might get it only once. <laughs> okay, uh, one of one of those friends is your. I'm assuming is your wife. You, do, is you? Do you really have a tattoo in Japanese of your wife on your on your shoulder that just in case if she leaves you that you can <laughs> say say it's not exactly her name? Is that correct? That's my first tattoo I ever have. You know what I mean? And the last tattoo I have is a print on my foot, the foot of my granddaughter. But oh. I did a Japanese uh, Japanese letter because just in case you get divorced, I can do something now. <laughs> and besides that, I love Japanese uh, culture. Ozzy, great to talk to you. I uh, I hope you get another chance to manage. It'd be, 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 I hope so, too. We're waiting. Yeah, well, baseball be better for it, and, and, and you deserve it. Thanks so much for the time, Thank my friend. You. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Nazi Gian on 720 WGN. Uh, 
as I was researching what I want to talk to Ozzy about, I, I found the tidbit about the his tattoo and how he got it in Japanese in case his wife would leave him. I thought that was hysterical. What he said there at the end, as far as the memorabilia, I collect a whole bunch of friends in my life. How beautiful is that, right? I mean, it's cool to have a ring or pennants or plaques or whatever you want to name, but uh, people are a little bit better than that. And uh, the fact that uh, so many people that he named in that interview... When he saw him at the Hall of Fame, Ozzy, you should be back in the game, the big unit. I didn't even think he liked me, and he's asking, why aren't you back in baseball? And I think it's obviously very clear that uh, Ozzy really, really wants to be back in the game, and, and I think he should be. So hopefully that he'll get that opportunity down the line here. All right, news coming up, and uh, we will talk with Brooks Boyer in a little bit and Ricky Renteria on the show as well, Biz, and, and also Ronaldo Lopez. we got a lot to do with you until 5.30 on 720 WGN. 720 WGN, the team's flagship radio station. Listening to White Sox Weekly on the home of the Sox, 720 WGN. 720 WGN, 434. Hope you're having a great afternoon. Brooks Boyer is going to be with us at some point here, and we'll have uh, Ricky Renteria after 5 o'clock. Sox fans. You should join us as the Sox take on the New York Mets on Thursday, August the 1st. That's a 110 first pitch. First 10,000 fans will get a White Sox Let the Kids Play theme t-shirt. How about a Let the Adults Play too? Presented by the Village of Bedford Park. This is awesome. Bring your business home to Bedford Park and win big. Purchase your tickets today by visiting whitesox.com or calling 866-SOX-GAME. I was actually watching the kids play this morning. I'm six-year-olds in a very intense uh, game where the kids were pitching, the umps were calling. Every pi- I swear, every kid that touched first base was was out, and they kept on calling them safe. And I was wondering, is the umpire just bad, or does he want all the kids to be safe? I was I was confused, but uh, it was awesome to see a bunch of of youth playing the game this morning. It's also awesome to see Andy Mazur catching up with Ronaldo Lopez as we transition into that. So uh, here is Andy with Ronaldo, who's off to a great start in the second half of the season. What was it that made you so confident? that the second half was going to be so much better than the first? Está difícil. Creo que fue organizar mis ideas y tratar de simplificarme en el juego. Y creo que solo pensar en tres cosas básicas, que es lo que he estado hecho en esta segunda mitad, que siempre enfocarme en cada picho que haga, no importa lo que pase. Adiós, cleared up my mind I, I put all my uh, ideas in order and uh, you know I just tried to simplify uh, all the things that I, that I was doing and uh, all the things that I, that I want to do and then uh, I think that, that has been the difference that I think that that's why uh, I was so confident before the season before the, the first half of the season ended because at that point I already figured out uh, what I needed to do in order to have a, a, a better second half. It's one thing to talk about it, and it's another thing to go out there and actually do it. So, I mean, you actually are putting actions to your words. Sí, creo que que no es tan solo como él dice, no es tan solo hablarlo. Creo que sí lo he lo he estado haciendo, y creo que esa es una de mi de mi rutina que que sabe he estado empleando casi todos los días. Yes, I think it, I mean it's not just talk. You need you need to uh, you need to you need to do stuff. You need you need to re, uh, you know uh, back all the all the talking. 
because it's now you're gonna look like a like a you know you are just uh, another guy who likes to talk but he doesn't do anything uh, you know in order to to, to uh, back all the the talking. Then uh, yeah, that's uh, that's actually true. I mean, uh, I, I'm that kind of person. I don't like to talk just to talk. If I talk or, or if I if I have something to say, it's because I I, I mean it. And then uh, I know what I need to do in order to put in a, uh, as a fact all those uh, talk. So when things do get tough, I mean, who are the guys that you're leaning on a little bit here in the clubhouse? If you say my name, I'm going to move the fucking Noah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Noah, uh, Macan, uh, Gio. Eh, siempre siempre estaba encima de mí creo que que, que, que eh, han sido sabe eh, una buena eh, eh, una buena eh, una buena compañía tenerlo a ellos tenerlo a ellos aquí al, al lado mío y, y siempre sabe tratando de, de, de ayudarme para pa, pa tratar de hacer la cosa bien y creo que, que eso se eso se agradece mucho Ganova Macan Gio you know, you having good to be around those guys because they're always trying to uh, help you. you know, they're always trying to give you advices just to for you to improve and, and to fix the things that, that that you need to fix. And uh, you know, you having fun because they they also are good teammates. And then I just enjoy my time with them. Yeah, and Giolito seems to be a guy that you could really learn from because he was in that situation last year and decided that you wanted to do something about it. Sí, creo que esa fue una de las cosas que él me, me, me dijo. Y, y sé que el año pasado tuvo una, una, una salida muy, eh, una, una, una temporada muy, muy difícil, pero él aprendió de eso. Y creo que, creo que a veces, a veces las cosas pasan para que, para que uno aprenda y tenga un nivel mental eh, más alto que lo que uno tiene. Yes, you're right. Uh, you know, he told me he told me that uh, you know that he had a, a, a very rough season last year, but he learned from that, and you know all the things that he learned, he's uh, he put it into play, into play this season, and that's why he's having a, a as good as a season that he's having right now. And then he he talked me about that, and you know I, I listened to him. I said, yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, I, I, I need to learn. I need to, you know, take advantage of, of you know, the struggles, or all the difficult times, and, you know, learn from them. And then, uh, you know, thanks to him and thanks to, to that talk and, and the other guys, I've been able to, you know, uh, get better and, and to redirect my, my, my season. Then uh, I think uh, right now I'm in a good place. Uh, last one for you too. What you said about simplifying things—is it more relying on the fastball because you know you have such a good fastball? Creo que cuando cuando me refiero a creo que cuando me refiero a eso es a no pensar tanto en la mecánica, lo que tengo que hacer con mi brazo, si tengo que quedarme atrás, si tengo que terminar el picheo. Creo que en la en la en lo que siempre en lo que ahora en esta segunda mitad me me he simplificado es que eh, sabe respirar localizar mi picheo y, y, y siempre está enfocado en cada en cada picheo que hago y creo que en eso en eso que me refiero a simplificar you have been more about just to don't think too much about my mechanic don't think too much about the pitch don't think too much about the heater or the situation of the game even it has been more you know uh, trust my staff I believe in myself and not try to pay too much attention to the things that 
you know, I, I know that I, that I need to do, and those things uh, comes out naturally. Then uh, I think that has been the change. Instead of uh, you know thinking about mechanics or, or stuff when the game is just about uh, you know trust, and, and you know I've been able to to do that. Keeping things simple, uh, as uh, Ronaldo Lopez doing a whole lot of that at the start of the second half. There, great stuff there with Andy and Lopi. Good to have him on the show. I think that's the first time all year. And just a little bit behind the scenes on Ronaldo Lopez. He's one of the happiest guys coming into the clubhouse every day. He tends to somehow find some motorized vehicle uh, or a bicycle or something that he rides in on, and he's always got a smile on his face. Uh, just seems like a guy who is uh, obviously very talented. It's good to see it turning around, but just appreciates uh, being a part of the club and being here, the type of teammate that you want to have on your club. All right, let's uh, move along. Brooks Boyer hopefully will be here at some point coming up here as we'll talk about the netting, which is new at Guaranteed Rate Field. We've got our week in review, and Ricky Renteria coming up as well, White Sox Weekly, till 5.30 on 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. Mark Carmen with you at Guaranteed Rate Field. Beautiful night for a ball game. Come on out. It's going to cool down a little bit. It's going to be nice to be in the seats tonight. Sox fans, you can also join us when the White Sox take on the Oakland Athletics Sunday, August the 11th. That's a 110 first pitch. It's the also happens to be my birthday. First 20,000 fans get a Harold Baines Replica Hall of Fame plaque presented by Xfinity. How awesome is that? The fastest internet in Chicago. Purchase your tickets by visiting whitesocks.com or calling 866-SOX-GAME. All right, it hasn't been the greatest week on the field, but that doesn't mean we don't have some highlights for you as we do our week in review. Uh, the one win this week did come on Monday as the Sox came back home off a rough road trip. The Miami Marlins were here. Ivan Nova picked up the victory on the night as the Sox beat the Marlins by a score of 9-1. to And, uh, yeah, that guy, Yoan Moncada, was in the cleanup hall. The 1-0. High and deep to center field. Give me chase. Cuello to the wall, to the fence. It is gone. A three-run home run for Moncada to straightaway center field. What were you saying about he likes to drive in runs? He got three with a swing. Swing. <laughs> that might be my favorite Farmio moment of the year right there with the swing. That was a strong, strong use of, of that one word in the English language. All right, let's move on to Tuesday night. Caleb Smith started for the Marlins that night, and he had a perfect game rolling, but uh, eventually that had to come to an end. The 3-1, he walked him. The perfect game is over. They appeal it to first. He didn't go. That stops the line right there. When you look at it, he retired 17 straight, and he walks one. Still got the no-hitter going with eight strikeouts. Yeah, well, Sox ended up pushing up a run as they lost uh, Tuesday night 5-1. to one. Wednesday night, uh, Ronaldo Lopez pitched fantastic. White Sox didn't get any offense, losing 2 nothing, but Lopi was great. 2-2. Two, two. He's out on strikes. He's Alfaro, and now he's got 10 of those, just Lopez. Ten strikeouts on the night for Ronaldo Lopez. And then here came the Minnesota Twins on Thursday night. Twins took game one of the series 10-3, but Yohan Moncada continues to roll. Moncada will lead it off. It's one nothing Minnesota on a home run by Nelson Cruz. There's a swing and a high fly ball to the left. Down the line to the pole on left. Got a chance. Game-tying home run for Moncada. Light it up. 
one of the big bright spots of this season, all season long right now, Yohan Moncada being incredibly consistent. And then last night, a guy coming back to the big leagues, Adam Engel, and making an impact. Have made six hits with the five runs. Look at first, the 3-2 pitch. High fly, deep left center field. The wind's got this one at the track. At the wall, it's gone. Two-run homer for Engel. Light it up. Well, I am rather surprised. It did not look like he got all of that one. And it got out of here no problem. The only reaction that I had was, hey, he's really chasing that in center field. I thought it was something that was going to be playable for Buxton. And it got out of here by two rows. Great at bat by Adam Engel, working the count to three and two, and then taking it out of the ballpark as the Twins uh, did take game two of the series last night, six to two. Hopefully the White Sox can, uh, hey, make a dent on Minnesota. The Twins have been playing great baseball, and uh, they certainly have had the White Sox number as of late. Sox are two and ten in their last 12 games versus Minnesota going all the way back into last season. Coming on back here, hopefully we, uh, we're either going to do one of two things. We'll either hear from Rick Renteria or we're going to hear from Brooks Boyer. That is straight ahead as it's White Sox Weekly until 5.30 on 720 WGN. Seven twenty WGN White Sox Weekly, and it's always great to speak with the manager Ricky Renteria, who's busy this week managing the club. But you uh, also, it was I went out and you guys were headed to Inglewood early in the week. Ninety-one year old war veteran renovating his house, and, and and you were in the back, Ricky. And I saw I saw a steely focus as you were painting his, his fence in the back. It, it was I was impressed. No, the, you know they they allowed us an opportunity to be out there to. To help out with Mr. Grafia's uh, home, uh, you know, it's it's something that the White Sox, I, I think, are are really uh, very good about and trying to get everybody out there and volunteer and and help out in the community. and And they asked us to be out there, and we were able to get on the fence a little bit, you know, and and uh, try to stain it a little bit. But uh, it's nice uh, to be able to get out there and kind of keep perspective and in, in, in real life about what's going on because uh, we do live a surreal existence in, in Major League Baseball. You know, we're catered to very often and taken care of very well. And, and uh, for us to be able to go out there and, you know, just kind of get back to the basics and understand that, you know, not everybody lives the way we live and that, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a grind every single day. And, and people deserve to be treated with respect and dignity. And, and I think that uh, the White Sox did a great job in being able to put this together. So I'm driving over to the ballpark today and I'm listening to the news. I want to get the sports update. What's going on? Is there anything I'm missing? And then I'm hearing there was a 12-year-old sitting on a porch in Inglewood who was who a shot grazed her last night. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, this goes on all the time. And you're in there just for a flying moment. But I'm curious, like, you, you've got one guy in your clubhouse and Tim Anderson who's tr- and his wife was out there that day. And he was supposed to be there himself, but he was you know, obviously on the rehab assignment. But how much do you guys, you know, I don't know, discuss this type of stuff? Everybody's got a job to do here every day, and the focus is so intense. It's ultra competitive. But there's also other stuff going on. Well, I think everybody's aware, you know, of, of the community and, and the pros and the cons, all the positives and some of the negatives that are always, you know, talked about. Uh, we ju- we were very fortunate in that it was a, a very uplift- uh, uplifting moment uh, where we were at in the, in the city, and uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, to hear about things like that 
Um, you know, I personally grew up in, in Compton and grew up around things like that happening all the time. It was a, a gang-infested uh, uh, community. You know, we survived it, um, but a lot of people get affected by it, you know, and there are a lot of decent uh, people living in those communities that, that want to be able to live their lives comfortably and happily, and, and unfortunately, you know, it's just a, one of the things that happens. It, it happens everywhere. It's not just limited to, to one area. Every community has its, its loves and its dislikes, but... Uh, uh, you know, we pray for those people at, uh, when they when they're injured, when the kids are injured, and things of that nature. And and for anybody who's going through difficult situations, uh, I think we're fully aware of what's going on in our community. I, again, as I said, both the the pros and the cons of it. And uh, we just hope that uh, we continue to kind of get out there, come together, and and try to shed a little light. You know, and I think that's what uh, the White Sox are trying to do with Sox Serve Week and, and getting out there this last week. I'm just curious, what was your strategy growing up to stay clear of what was going on? Well, I know my oldest brother, Gabe, uh, made sure that uh, he said if we ever got involved in stuff like that, uh, he was going to make sure he took care of us, you know, worse than, than what was going to go on around us. But, uh, you know, we were very fortunate. You know, we had both parents. You know, my brother's a uh, large family of nine. Uh, so we were able to cling to each other. I knew that, uh, you know, Pops always wanted us in before the before the uh, the lights were out, you know, on in the streets. And uh, if we heard that whistle, we knew we were a little late. So uh, I think we just took care of each other. You you, you kind of grow a little streetwise, I guess. You know where to go, where not to go. Uh, just manage yourself uh, as well as you can. And sometimes, you know, you just can't avoid it and things happen around you. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, that's just the way uh, life is a little bit. Was, was baseball easily accessible for you because it's not you know it's not like you're showing up at a park playing soccer playing basketball well for us i mean my brothers all played in in uh in park leagues and recreational leagues uh i used to play in the streets with my with my friends and things of that nature go to the elementary school which happened to be across the street from us and then got involved in a little league uh actually uh invited to play for a oaks park little league which is no longer there unfortunately uh but uh got involved that way my my dad and and my brothers like i said were always involved in baseball so I, I kind of got involved in it pretty easily. All right, let's uh, let's talk some team here. I, I love hearing the background stuff. I want to go back to the off season and the decision to move Moncada from second to third base, and that's been a huge boon for him and the team. But what was you know what were the conversations like? Did you think it was going to take off to this level? I think all of us in the organization knew and aspired and expected that. Uh, there was a possibility of him moving over to third base. Uh, last year, Joe did a great job of kind of transitioning while he was taking ground balls to short and then over to third, just kind of get him comfortable to the left side of the diamond uh, again. He uh, he made us aware, fully aware of his ability to play third base. He played very well in Cuba, from what I understand, and he tells me all the time. <laughs> He's got some awards to prove it. Um, so it, it wasn't a, a difficult decision. We knew and felt that he could transition over into that position uh, position uh, a little easier than not and that it might change his uh, focus at the plate as well i was talking to abreu about Moncada and he's and i'm like you know how about how this guy's doing he's like he can do better like he i mean he and so i don't know if you're seeing this if you're not in your head yes what would you say about that i agree I agree. I, he's just scratching the surface. I think that he's a he's a young man with a tremendous amount of talent, uh, both at the plate, uh, at third base, and I think he'll be even you know again continue to improve on the bases. Uh, he's got the chance to be a, a a really impactful major league player, and uh, we're starting to see signs of it. Obviously, um, the growth that he's had uh, over the course of the season has been tremendous. You know, Trick 
got together with him last winter uh, early and started talking about approaches and how to try to correct certain things and put more balls in play and things of that nature. His batting average with balls in play is astronomical as it is. But, you know, situationally handling those at-bats a little bit better, and he's shown tremendous growth on both sides, both defensively and, and at the plate. And uh, we expect uh, big things out of him and just allow him to continue to grow and learn and, and be himself. And I don't want to do too much on Moncada because we don't have endless time here, but the five-tool guy at third base is very rare. I mean, he scored from, from first, I think, was against the Royals, and it all splends together. But, I mean, you don't see that from most of their basemen. No, you don't. I think he's very athletic. I think, again, you're, you're now looking at uh, a five-tool player, a guy that can throw, run, do every aspect, you know, hit hit with power. Um, he's he's a guy that, uh, you know, we're very fortunate to have, along with Timmy and, and with all the other guys, Eloy and the guys that are coming, you know, everybody that's here. Uh, everybody plays a part in how we continue to move forward and develop and uh, truthfully you know not everybody will be here when done uh, putting it all together but I'm very thankful for all the guys that are here that are helping us in this process continue to move forward and they will also be remembered as a part of uh, what we what we're trying to build here how are you handling the the, the rebuild like you know I'll go back to Abreu He's a guy who comes, you know, professional every single day. But if you ask him, are you getting a little impatient? He'll acknowledge, I am. You know, I, I'm I'm not 22 years old. I'm, you know, so uh, for yourself, I mean, you listen, it can't any younger either. Right. You're right. No, I think I think we're dealing with it uh, as best as we possibly can. I think we all know the 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 plight that a club that is trying to put himself back on on good footing, what it takes, and the, and it takes its wear on you in terms of wins and losses because obviously playing in any major sport at 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 the major league level. Is, is about winning and losing. You know, it's about wins. And so I think we try to keep it in perspective as well as we possibly can, try to micro uh, uh, see the things that are going in a positive way, see who's growing, see the things we have to continue to correct, and try to keep each other, you know, uh, pushing forward. You know, there's, uh, there's a lot that goes on on the outside. There's a lot of noise. There could be a lot of criticism. A lot of criticism. There could be a lot of also positive inf- uh, uh, input, which we are getting a ton of. Believe me, uh, it's not as negative as people might think. We get a lot of positive input, and I think that they recognize and see the things that we're going to continue to develop. We've had a little skid here because we've had a lot of different things happen, but nonetheless, it happens to everybody. We have to learn and continue to develop and feel the, the, that uh, we can move forward, and I think we will. That's the manager of the White Sox, Ricky Renteria. We continue our conversation after the 5 o'clock news. Uh, Ricky's awesome. Just uh, easy, easy guy to root for. We'll continue that conversation in a couple of minutes here. News is next, 720 WGN. It's great to be back with WGN. It's White Sox Weekly on the official radio station of the Chicago White Sox, 720 WGN. Great to have you, Jerry Reinsdorf, 506 720 WGN. We're going to continue our conversation with Ricky Renteria in a moment. Take the family out to the ball game with a family four-pack. You get four tickets, four hot dogs, four drinks, four chips. It starts at just $49, and it's brought to you by Country Financial. Prepare for your financial future one simple step at a time at takesimplesteps.com. For tickets, you can visit whitesocks.com slash fourpacks and enter the promo code VALUE. Let's bring Ricky Renteria back in here. And I think when you walk around Guaranteed Right Field or Chicago in general or wherever White Sox fans are, Sox fans to me seem happier right now uh, than they've been in, in, a good, in a good 10 years. But the expectations are going to continue to grow. And if you look ahead to 2020, uh, I, I think a lot of the fan base is going to uh, expect that the team 
is competing uh, for a division title, perhaps, or certainly in, in the mix for a wild card. So, uh, as I, Ricky, as we continue here, do you uh, you know feel that love from the Sox fans, but also know what's coming? We, and we expect to do more. I think that we should expect to do more. You never want to stay in, one, in the same place. I think that stagnation is not what you're seeking. I think that as we continue to have the guys that are coming from within the system and however the organization decides to, to add or, or subtract or whatever the case might be, those are all pieces that will also be handled. The truth is, when we are in here, we know how we prepare. We know what we go about uh, trying to get these guys ready to play a game. And at the end, we have to have these guys go out there and they have to perform. They know what they have to do. They know how to execute they they're learning how to try to be as consistent as possible uh we just try to put them in the best possible position to have success and ultimately pressure is not a bad thing it's actually something that that you you seek you want because that means you're in a good place and it really isn't pressure because once we get out to the field the the to be honest the the best place for us as coaches and players to be is is the game the rest is kind of a lot of noise and and playing the game is actually the the most fun of it all it's not your call but as you look to the future, is it important for a guy like Luis Robert to, if he's going to be here next year, to get experience now, or does that not super important? How do you look at something like that? Well, I think any time you get those guys to, to be here, the, the, the experience that they garner is invaluable. Uh, when they get it or how they're going to get it, you know, sooner rather than later, uh, that, that really is uh, an organizational call. Uh, but there's no doubt that there's value when those guys get here, the youngsters, because they need to learn what it's going to be about. Uh, they need to be ex- able to experience some of the hiccups, as as we're seeing with some of the guys, you know, and that's okay. They're correctable. They're things that are correctable. They're not things that one is going to go into a panic mode about. Their skill set is, is undeniable, and I think that uh, there are a lot of guys in that coaching staff that do a great job in trying to get these guys going in the right direction and continue to keep them moving forward. And so I think, uh, again, I'll repeat it, and I know I say it a lot, but the future is bright for the Chicago White Sox, and uh, there's a lot coming. Does it mean anything to you when Rick Hahn's in the paper, Ricky's our guy for now, and we want, and Ricky's our guy in the future? Can't hurt to hear that. No, it, it doesn't hurt. I think that uh, all the guys here understand all of that, and uh, we look forward to it. Uh, I think we are in a good place, uh, albeit you know losing here in the last week or 10 days doesn't feel good. You're still trying to do what you can and understand where we're at, and we're trying to move forward. And uh, ultimately, uh, we get these guys ready, and hopefully we, when we put them out there on the field, they're able to do what they're supposed to do with the skills that they have. Does Jerry talk to you? Another guy not getting any younger. Hey, man, you're the guy that's in charge of getting me one more ring before you know I leave this place. Can, can does that does that conversation ever occur? You know what? He he has uh, spoken to us in a positive way, and uh, he's always every now and then he'll text and reach out, and and there've been conversations that we've had. I think that. Uh, all in all, I think everybody understands what we're trying to do, what we're trying to build, how we're moving forward, and ultimately it is incumbent upon uh, upon us to do that that job, and that that's what uh, we're here to do, and uh, we're going to do it with the best uh, with the best intentions and the best of our ability. You mentioned this stretch a couple times here. How much is it? Uh, well, we're missing Tim, we're missing Eloy. I mean, you take guys like that out of the lineup. I mean, it's going to have an impact. Yeah, we miss them. We miss them. That that'd be a lie if we said we didn't miss them. We, we need them back. Uh, they would continue to allow us to have everybody else continue to complement each other. Uh, they're big pieces. Uh, both just just having them in the lineup in and of itself changes the way everybody looks at you, you know, and how they, uh, the pitchers approach you. So uh, there's there's tremendous value in Timmy and, and in Eloy. And uh, Timmy, for me, is an all-star type caliber player. And, and Eloy is becoming, soon to become, hopefully, an all-star type player. Toughest part of your job, what would you say? 
Uh, just trying to keep balance on a, on a nightly basis, win, lose, or draw. Uh, and continuing to come in, everybody comes in at the end of the game, and we evaluate what went on, what you know we can do better. Uh, try to put it to rest and get ready for the next day. I mean, you can't have a conversation every night, right? Hey, guy, I mean, that's it's 162 games. No, I think most people would think that that's what we should be doing. But when you play, uh, this is now uh, month five or something since spring training. We've been in there going at it since February 12th or whatever the case might be. It's a long season. Uh, for us, we have to measure when it is we need to talk to these guys, what we talk about. But we do talk to, to them in moments uh, about certain plays that might occur that we need to be corrected or something that might have been handled a different way. Those are always addressed. If it were an, an issue of lack of effort, an issue of things of that nature, I think you, you do address those in, in most instances and you try to nip that in the butt. But uh, these guys have actually been coming out every single day trying to give you the best that they got, and, and we move forward. And uh, there's still a lot of games left. Two more questions with Ricky Rancher. I know you got things to go to here. Uh, what are you seeing with, with Lucas right now? Lucas is Lucas is going to be fine. I don't think anybody should worry about him. Uh, his stuff is still, you know, what it is. He's commanding, the, still commanding the zone. I think everybody wants, you know, they got used to seeing what he was doing in the first half of the season. And as uh, I've heard Coop say many times, you know, we're in uncharted territory. It's not for him because now he's actually going out there and competing. And there's a lot of expectations. We want him just to be who he is and continue to excel, and he's going to do fine. It is part of the process, right? Okay, now I've had success. Now there's more expected of me. I got to handle that now, rather than I'm just you don't you know just trying to prove yourself that you can do it. Sure, and I think that you know these guys are growing up with that uh, that whole scenario uh, building around them now, and I think they're learning how to deal with it, and they'll continue to evolve and get better, and and know that and trust that they can do this uh, consistently for an extended period of time. I want to slightly try to impress you on my last question. I was I was watching BP. I'm watching Adam Angle in there. He's had some success. 3-2 count last night, taking a bomb out. That's, that's, that's some good progress right there. So he's taking a shot to left. Next batter. Next pitch. Up the middle. Next ball. Right down the right field line. Does it again. And I'm, I'm trying, I don't remember him doing that before. And he's a little bigger. Uh, he, there's, there's, uh, there's, he's, he took it to heart going down. There's, there's no doubt. There's no question that he took to heart uh, the conversations that he's had with Trick, with myself, with the coaching staff in terms of the things that are needed for him to be able to put himself in a good position. We know he has a high level of skill. Uh, we wanted him to be able to connect that defensive, uh, uh, you know, greatness that he has. Truly, he's a tremendous defender, and try to connect that offense and kind of balance it out. And I think he took it to heart and did, has been working very, very hard. You can see it; uh, it's paying dividends, and hopefully, it continues. I mean, we got two se- two months of the season left, and hopefully, that continues to happen for him. Who's your favorite player growing up? Pete Rose. I should have known that. That's all. Pete Rose, really? What'd you love about Pete? Mr. Hustle. That's that. That's why you're in the seat. Ricky, great to see you. Thank you. Ricky Renteria on White Sox Weekly as we caught up with him a little bit earlier today. And uh, easy, as I said uh, earlier, just just an easy, easy guy to root for. And uh, the right guy in that dugout uh, for the team clearly has all the respect of all the guys and uh, yes it's a challenging time right now but they're they're doing their best to stay together and stay positive and guys are getting healthy uh, tim anderson was down at triple a last night going two for four uh and i was watching eloy jimenez hit a bunch of bombs today eloy actually talked before the game today so we'll play a little bit of that coming on back here and uh brooks boyer is going to jump by on by as well as we'll talk about the netting which is new at guaranteed rate field which i think a lot of people are going to experience for the first time tonight as looks like if it's not going to be a sellout tonight it's going to be awful close guaranteed rate field filling up nicely right now white Sox weekly till 5 30 on 720 wgn <laughs> 
720 WGN. Royalty has arrived to booth six. Andy Mazur is already here, but uh, Brooks Boyer, welcome to your ballpark, my friend. As uh, we're going to talk some some new netting, uh, which is a which is a big deal here, Brooks. How much what, oh. did you uh, did you know? Uh, how's it being received? What do you how is it? How do you like it? I well, here here's here's what I've I've told a number of people is, you know the 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 thought was seeing what was happening around baseball. When people were getting hit, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about grown men being the best at what they do, throwing the ball harder, guys hitting the ball harder. The, you, we, we see all the stat cast information of exit velocities. And so you know how hard these, these baseballs are, are heading into, into the stands. And they throw on top of it the argument of juiced baseballs and all of that type of thing. You know, you, you've got big, strong people throwing the ball, big, strong people hitting the ball. And when you see, a dad carrying his child up uh, upstairs uh, because the child was just hit by a ball or or an adult you know i just i just got a story the other night of somebody who was who was hit before these these nets were put up and and it was further down the line the reality is is in the game today you have so many distractions whether it's our own boards that are that are in the stadium uh you know food vendors you know whatever might be going on and then your phone you know, where where you are constantly on your phone, it makes for a more challenging in, environment. And I, I think back to, to when I started with the White Sox where the Nets only covered the scout seats that are behind home plate. Yep. And 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 people people those foul balls are, are coming at a rapid rate. So it, yes, we're the we're the first. And 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 we're gonna be the first of probably thirty that that will ultimately do this because just like anything, the, the, the best thing about a White Sox experience is when you come here to feel safe and to not even think about it. And, and now we're in a position uh, from, from a foul, a batted ball perspective. You, you do give up some things. You guys can see it. You know, they, we're not going to have guys diving into the stands you know, to, to, to collect an out. And, and and that's that's not going to happen anymore. And and I've been asked questions about autographs, but I see our players that are down there still signing autographs. Not not at this very moment, but I've seen before games our players are down there signing through the net. So um, when when you talk about fan safety, you know, this is an important step for Major League Baseball. Senior Vice President Sales and Marketing Brooks Boyer with us here on seven twenty WGN, and that's the thing. As I, I mean, I think back to like my childhood, and, and if I had great seats, and like, oh my god, I really got to pay attention, or I could, this could be a real problem. And you're aware of that as a 10, 11, 12 year old, that you could get smoked because you're playing baseball yourself, and these are the big leaguers. But now, let's just say you're a four year old, and you're with your mom and your dad, and they are getting texts from their babysitter or whatever's going on. You know, somebody's at home, just just creating some scenario here. They don't have to worry about looking at their kid. Because if they're sitting in the front row down the line, if they're smart, they were worried about that. But 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 they're now they're not. And yes, it's maybe not as, you know, you can't kick your feet over the railing, which you couldn't legally do right, before. But right. but it's it, but you're you can you can actually multitask like everybody's doing, and you can feel safe. I mean, I, I think that's a huge thing. No doubt. And and with the technology of the of of the nets, you know, if 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 you want to focus on the net, you're going to see the net. But you know, after after a few innings, you know, I, I I had this argument with my 11 year old who was mad at me that they, that that we were putting nets in. Um, 
and I, and, and I said, you know, he's been lucky enough to sit in, in scout seats. And anybody who's been lucky enough to sit in scout seats, arguably the best seats in the house, they're behind a net. Right. So I mean, you, you, your eyes adjust to it. And, and, and again, from, from a fan safety perspective, this was something that was important for us to do. Was there, was there any, uh, I don't know, Hey, let's be the first here. Let's let's be a leader type of thing. Well, I that stems from the owner. You know, yeah. J- Jerry said that from the beginning, not not for the credit of, of of being the first or 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 to to set precedent or anything like that. It was more for this is the right thing to do, and this is what everybody is eventually going to do. And I think he 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 saw that, and and again going back to the fan safety part and what's 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 the safest environment that we can create and and this is it so we got marvel superhero tonight <laughs> how does that resonate with you and, and your kids i well i am I'm, I'm not i'm not a big superhero guy oh come on uh, my boys are not big superhero guys um it, which i don't know if that just stems from me or or, or what but the the every year we do this superhero night you know the, the the crowds are terrific. It just so happens that tonight is you know the, a chamber of commerce night, where where people are going to enjoy a great ball game, with with an up and coming team and a team that is really good, uh, in the in the Minnesota Twins. So we're excited uh, to be able to give out this bobblehead because it does make so many people excited. The lines outside were were amazing. I will get my standard emails, or we'll we'll see a lot of tweets of. You know, we don't know what we're doing because the lines are long. Well, the lines are long because we have a popular bobblehead that we're giving away tonight. So, uh, if people can can have a little patience, uh, we'll we'll get those distributed and and we'll have a great ball game here at six ten. Do you get emails from? Hey, you know, I love coming to the park and the you know when the team isn't going well because you know it's I, I just have my whole little section to myself and now that people are showing up more and more you know it's just <laughs> yeah, not as comfortable for sure I, I don't get emails or texts about it it's just everyone will say you know I, I, I liked it when the when the White Sox weren't as compelling uh, because my bathroom lines were shorter and 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 I could play you know I could I could drive up at for for a six o'clock or six ten first pitch right I could drive up at at five thirty and 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 now you can't uh, you can't do that that, um, but I think I think any White Sox fan will take it for for a more compelling product, and certainly what these guys have done this year and what they continue to do. When when you 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 look at some of the guys that we've talked about for a while and and, and what they're doing, it's it's a lot of fun. I, obviously, you've got Eloy and you got Tim Anderson hurt uh, right at this time, but you know that's that's all coming. It's all starting to come together, and our fans are enjoying it and. We certainly appreciate the patience, and there still is a little more patience to, to, to be had. You know, we're seeing it. We're still seeing some of these uh, these these pains. Um, you know, but as as Rick has said, and I think he said it really well, we're out of that first phase uh, that is the most painful phase, uh, and 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 now hopefully we're we're turning that corner. And our fans have been so supportive, and you saw it last night. You're you're going to see it again tonight and and tomorrow. Uh, just great crowds of, of support for this club. You should put that on a T-shirt for Rick Hahn, the end of the beginning. <laughs> it, it felt like uh, maybe a marketing moment. Uh, Vice President, Sales and Marketing, Brooks Boyer with us. Sox Serve Week as we wrap up here. Mm-hmm. I went out and uh, saw Ricky and, and Debo renovating a house for 91-year-old Charles Graffia, Korean War veteran. It was such an awesome sight out there. Is anything uh, sticking out for you this week? No, it, it, it... What is what always sticks out is, uh, during Sox Serve Week is for uh, for me I, I I'm lucky because I get to see it on a daily basis the things that that 
Christine O'Reilly and Sarah Martin and Lindsay Jordan um, and 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 their entire team what what they do to to rally the guys um, Jerry has always said it you know from from the first day I, I walked in here one of his big things is make sure that we are a, a pillar of the community and 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 understand where we're from where we came from and, and what we represent and for us to be able to go do you know any any of these things that that we've done all week and to, to generate the revenue that that allows us to, to to grant to to causes that are so worthy to make Chicago a better place to, to work live and play is is really rewarding and and to be part of it and and, and to see it and and the hard work that's that's put in tireless effort by by our community relations group just tip of the cap to them because they seem to top themselves every single year and your guys love doing it and mm-hmm. that's, 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 i mean that's how it seems to me at least it's, tim is his wife's out there he's on a rehab assignment she's you know very much involved and I, it, was, it was cool to see and you also made me thinking about uh, the white Sox have been a leader jerry specifically with the chicago sports alliance bringing mm-hmm. all the teams together so just a lot of stuff going on Brooks, great to see you. Always great to see you guys, and and hope to see all these fans uh, out at Guaranteed Rate Field uh, as soon as possible. Hey, we've got the Mets coming in. That that ought to be fun, and 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 the rest of the summer. You know, summer's finally here, so it's 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 a great view to see this ballpark filled. And you're you're gonna have a you're gonna have a busy off season over there. I I just feel all, the buzz is coming here, Brooks. Your 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 mouth to God's ears. We'll take it. <laughs> all right, Qu- quick timeout. Pre-game coming up. This is White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN.